So welcome everybody to yet again another episode of Radio ISR. Welcome. Yeah, we had some fun the last time, didn't we? Talking all about the launch meetings. Well, this time around, we're going to make it a little bit more universal because we're going to be really talking about things that are general to all of us. So all the lads in the Far East and the Middle East, you know, will definitely feel a lot more included in, in this version of the podcast, just like our usual ones, you know. So what I want to do is just remind everybody we have a special guest again, and he was so successful the last time around, he got another invite. <laughs> Welcome back. Welcome Welcome back. Thanks for having me back. I can't Thank believe you. you made the drive all the way down oh, here twice. Honestly. Oh my no. God. You get a raise. <laughs> <laughs> now he doesn't feel like a, set, a second wheel now to bend. Yeah, you know. exactly. That's I'm the new number one. Exactly. <laughs> you are the new number one, you know. So as I promised in the last episode that we did this, we would talk about the disc and it was this episode, as I said, is all about understanding yourself and others. And that's kind of the theme that we're doing with it. So hopefully now you're sitting there in front of you, you've got your Excel or it's printed off and you're looking at your graph that was on page two of that Excel sheet that you filled in. Or, and remember in the bottom, you know, the value should be 24. If you don't have it out in front of you right now, then pause this and then jump on, fill out the Excel because I guarantee you they'll make it very interesting if you've done a little bit of homework with it it's a bit like you know when you were younger and you know used to uh, watch those tv programs the kids ones and they'd say you know make sure you have your scissors and your you know your mm. color paper and your glue and i never did you know and then they'd be making a thing in front of you going damn you know i wish i don't i wish <laughs> i had everything ready it was you know well, make so. sure you get your aura sam to help you with the scissors or your source so without further ado yeah what we're gonna do is we're gonna talk about this um this thing you know and as I said the last time round on it, this is our psychometric test that we use for all ISRs, but it's not just for selling. Yeah, this is across the board. It's an industry standard. So many, many different companies use it when they're recruiting. Could be recruiting doctors or nurses or lawyers and all these different people that are out there. So it really shows your aptitude, you know, about yourself. And that's really what it's all about, you know. So what I want to do is basically put this up on screen so you can see it right now and then talk to you about it. And we'll try and, you know, piece this together as we can, you know. So the disc is what they call a personal concept. And there's pretty much two concepts. If you look on this page two, basically the part with the graph on it, there's a private concept and a projected concept. One's called least like you, which is very confusing. And then the other one is most like you. And the least like you concept, believe it or not, is the one that's really most like you. That's my opinion on it. And what that is, is basically under pressure, what's your real self? While the projected concept is the one you try to project other people. So it may not be your true self. And while under pressure, then of course you revert back to the least concept. So that's the difference on the graph. As you can see here, you know, you can see basically this is what the graphs look like. So hopefully you got a pen and paper right now and you take the pen out and you can fill this in. But as you can see, there's the most and the least. And we're gonna focus on the least, which is the one on the right hand side so as you can see there's an average line right and that average line tells your values basically so are you oh you know above average on drive or below average on drive and that's what that middle line does basically you know so the first column to be filling in is the one your d so wherever the d is whether it's above average below average what you want to do is take your pen and then basically draw that over to the i then okay and then from the I, draw that over to the S, yeah? And then from the S, draw that line over to the C. And you should have a graph in front of you right now. So that's what it should look like. So what I wanna do is talk about, there is many different personal concepts. There are some that we look for as for a sales job, but there are different ones depending on the jobs that are out there. 
So as you can see, there is a, in the top left-hand corner column, there's one called dominance, okay? And they're the kind of graphs that basically go for people that we would call high D, high in the dominance area. Then on the other side, you can see is the influence. And they're the people that be more, you know, more influential and try to influence people. And as you can see, they got certain graphs, motivator, persuader, and the promoter. And then down below, we've got then the high C people, which is compliance. And then they have an adapter graph for them, a creator, a perfectionist. And then the high S people, the steadiness people. And then you can see they've got the investigator, the advisor, and the steadiness then, you know. So there are all the different ones. And depending on what industry you are, you would look for a different graph on there. We personally try to recruit basically the people that we call the organizer or the motivator. And generally they have what we call a high D or high I. So you can take that middle line, average line is in the middle, and their graphs are either would be above average on the drive and above average on the I. And depending which way it is, some of them who are what we call high D, where that means their dominance is higher than their I, we call them the organizer. And then in the other graph, the high I basically is their I is higher than the D, and we would call them the motivator. But what they have in common, if you look at the bottom of the graph, is that they got a very, very low S line and a small um, a below average for the C. That's what they have in common. So people of this, for example, don't need a lot of security. So yes, working in a... Um, uh, you know, to our, this type of ISR job where everything is commission only, we'll have no problem doing that. There's other people, for example, they have very, very high S and, you know, the prospect of working on commission only would scare them and they just would never come into our industry, you know, especially when, you know, we're taking ISRs from the foreign countries, you know, moving them, sorry, moving them from their home country, putting them into a foreign country, you know, again, you know, you, you, you know, that's a big fear element that is. So that's very important for us that we looking on the graph, we're looking for people with very, very low S, you know, and this little see we call it the corporate hook generally they're they're under when it comes to compliance but they've got a little bit of compliance in them they have you know so that's the people so what does it all mean okay so i talk about this high d high i and everything else on there so what i'm going to the first thing it means is if we take the the high d we call that dominance and as it says there on the screen person this person places emphasis on accomplishing results the bottom line and basically they're about confidence you know so their behaviors is they like to see the big picture you know they can be very blunt they they accept challenges and they get straight to the point. So that's the high D. And hopefully there's a lot of people out there right now looking at their graph and saying, yep, me, that's me. I'm a high D, that's for sure, you know. Then we have then the high I. And this person basically gets things done through influence. So they place emphasis on influencing and persuading others and an openness and relationships, you know. And their behaviors is they're very enthusiastic, you know, they're very optimistic. They like to collaborate and they dislike being ignored. That's kind of what they are when they're high eye, you know. Then we move on to the high S people, the steadiness, you know. And this person places emphasis on cooperation, sincerity and dependability. Uh, their behaviors, they don't like to be rushed. Uh, they're very calm. They have a calm approach to things and they like supportive action as well. And then finally, we move on to the people who maybe have the high C, which is the conscientious people out there. And these people place emphasis on quality, accuracy, expertise and competency. And their behaviors are they enjoy independence, objective reasoning. They want the detail and they fear being wrong. So there you go. So as you can see here on the screen, you've got that dominance and they're the three ones, the organizer, the dictator and the entrepreneur was the three graphs on there. And their key word is all about basically overcome, conquer, challenge. They love that, you know. 
they're real self-starters. Yeah, so that's one of the big things that they they are. You know, uh, they're usually direct, positive, and straightforward, and they say what they they think. But they can sometimes be very very blunt. So with a high D person, you know, sometimes can come across to other people as being very very blunt because of the way they are. You know. Um, they fight hard for what they believe in, you know, that's something that's nice about them. They like variety, you know, and they will find themselves basically, they will tend to lose interest in the job if there isn't enough variety and enough challenge inside it. So that's for sure, you know, and they're prone to making job changes earlier on in their careers until they find the challenge that they need. Um, they're very self-sufficient. They're demanding of themselves and they are discontented and dissatisfied with the status quo. They hate that, you know, and one of the things with the high uh, drive people, I think I should mention to you is, you know, they, as I said to you, you know, they, they do tend to, you know, be dominate. They do tend to be very challenging, but you know, they can get into an argument with somebody and in five minutes, they've totally forgot that they, they don't hold the grudge, you know, for them, it's just water off a duck's back. So a lot of times is they can be very blunt, but they don't really mean it. That's just their behavior that is, you know? So then we move on to the high eye, which is the influencers, you know, and you know, they're really out there to persuade and sell. That's their big thing. And one of their key words is recognition. You know, so where your high D person will probably say they have a tendency where they really want to make money and, you know, that's very important to them. The high I person will say, you know, nice suit, nice car, you nice position. That's also very, very important for them. So recognition would be one of their hot buttons that would be, you know, they're very outgoing, they're pers uh, persuasive and they're gregarious. They are, you know. Uh, they meet strangers easily, no problem. They're people you can put in a bar and even though they're all by themselves, can just walk up to a stranger and start chatting to people. So they, you know, so they, they just have no problem with that when it comes into it. They have an inherent trust and they're willing to accept people, but that can work against them as well because you know that, you know, they can also misjudge people. But, you know, they're easily met. They love name dropping and uh, they sell themselves very well. You know, they're very friendly competitors and optimistic managers. So your high D person is a fierce, you know what I mean? Like loves a bit of competition, but very fierce about it. A high I person loves a bit of competition, but likes the words fair, if you know what I mean, you know, enjoys it, but it's gotta be with a bit of banter, you know? And they're normally very fashionable dressers, as I mentioned earlier on, you know, uh, they join organizations for prestige and their personal recognition. So that's the high I person, you know, and again, even though you're looking at your graph right now and you might see a D and your your I might be less, but if it's above average, these two still, you know, are still part of you, you know, or, you know, so that's something always to keep in mind, you know. So then we talk about the high S people. And so we probably wouldn't have, as far as a sales job, have a lot of people that are high S for that very reason. As I said to you, you know, to be a fear of working on commission would be maybe taking them someone out of their environment as well and putting them in a foreign country. But there's still parts, there's still things we should look at because we're talking about understanding ourselves and others. So these people basically, for them, it's all about, you know, support and, uh, and appreciation, you know, and they're very, very predictable and they like predict predictability in their jobs as well, you know. They're amiable, uh, easygoing and relaxed, and they're very warm-hearted and home-loving people, you know. They tend to be undemonstrative and controlled. They conceal their feelings from others and tend to be grudge holders. So again, that high D person comes in, shouts at them, says something, and this person will sit there and then forever will hold a grudge against them, you know. So again, it might be water off a duck's for, uh, a back, water off a duck's back for a high D person, but for a person that's high S, they won't forget, you know. So again, very important because even though we're, we might be dealing with similar people with other salespeople, but we're interacting with our customers. We're interacting, of course, with, um, you know, people in processing, and maybe they're a little bit different from us as well, you know? So we move on to the high C people, and the high C people are the adapters, they're the creators, they're perfectionists, you know? And, you know, something is very, very important with them is for protection. So again, probably something that's not so important for a high I or high D person, but for them, protection is very important, you know? 
they proceed in a very orderly way, you know, they like things to be very neat and detailed, you know, and that's kind of the, what their key to them. They prefer to adapt to situations and they avoid conflict and antagonism. So again, that high D person doesn't mind a bit of conflict. These people will avoid, you know, that, that, you know, that's just the way they are and what they're built, you know. So there are the kind of differences on there. So one of the things is, okay, we're familiar with ourselves and there's probably a lot of people out there right now talking about if they're a high D or a high I. Um, what about yourself? What do you think, you? What are you? Um, I don't know, to be honest. I thought maybe a mix of, probably not D over I anyway, yeah. probably more I towards S more okay. than anything else, I would say. Um, I think when I last did the test, I didn't exactly fit the mold of, uh, <laughs> of a salesperson they were actually looking for, which is you, interesting. You were the advisor, you were, you know? Yeah. But we found from a few other people when I did this, you know, in a couple of different regions, that we had a few advisors out there. So maybe it's not the typical mold, but certainly you've been successful with, and maybe something we're missing a point on, you know? What about yourself, Carlos? Do you remember when you did the test, what you were? Yeah, whenever I took the test, I mean, to your advice, there was strange enough, it was pretty even across the board, yeah. which there wasn't like a big flux between, you know, one category or the other, but you're you know, a robot. Yeah. <laughs> were we high I or high D? Do you remember what you've had? It was high I. High I. Okay, yeah, yeah absolutely. Mm -hmm. So no, no big surprises there. What about yourself, Dave? I was I over D. I over, I over D, D, yeah. But it's funny, you know, uh, not to go off on a tangent, but it was, uh, we did this, I remember doing an ongoing professional education course, yeah. and this was really interesting because, you know, with the company, they were teaching different aspects of the, um, of, of life, you know, uh, different personality traits that you have, you know. But anyway, there was there was people in the room. There was one of the girls was the head of admin and uh, she was the head of admin and her chart was the exact opposite of our one because uh, basically it was, um, you know, her skill levels, what she needed to be was was high C and very organized and everything, you know, yeah. whereas the salesman's skill levels had to be a different, uh, different thing. In so selling to the high D, and this is one of the things we want to look at with this presentation was, okay, it's great that we understand ourselves a little bit, but think about our customers coming through the door. Maybe they're all a little bit different. Maybe some of our customers are high S or high C, you know, so that's what I think we should get a little bit more value out of this, not just understanding ourselves, but more importantly, the people around us, you know? So I want to talk about basically selling to the high D person on there, you know? So that's that dominant person. And it's just to recap that basically, their behaviors is they see the big picture. They can be blunt. They accept challenges and they get straight to the point. So think about this, okay? The dominant customer with a dominant style are fast-paced and outspoken, as well as questioning and skeptical. They prioritize action, results, and competency, you know? So think about that, Dave. You know, you, I'm sure we've all had people that are high D coming through our door and stuff like that. And what's the first thing you notice about them? You mean characteristic-wise yeah. or body language? You know, you might find that they kind of lean over the desk, talk to you and kind of let you know that they're controlling this conversation. You know, you might find that when you shake their hand that they turn the hand over a little bit, you know, and basically let you know, listen, I'm going to tell you exactly what I want and, and you can either provide yeah. it to me or, or you can't. And if you're not used to, if you're not a bit thick-skinned, you might be a little bit sensitive and say, you know, especially maybe some of the higher enlisted guys who are used to giving orders and that's what their personality is, that they give orders orders and, and people jump. So if they come in and give you an order, you better be receptive to it and say, okay, yeah, I, we, we can help or we can't, you know. But that would be certainly one of the traits you'd notice that they would be controlling the situation, controlling the conversation. So yeah, you're right, absolutely. A dominant handshake, that's for sure. They come in and you know, and of course they're the people who don't want to sit down, you know. The first thing you do is you say sit down. No, I'll be standing on my feet all day long, you know. So and they also want to lean in and you know, can be seen as quite aggressive, they can be, you know. Um, they want to be the boss, 
Yeah, how infuriating is that? You're trying to basically make your presentation and they just want to cut to the chase because again, a high D person basically just wants the facts. They want, you know, that sort of facts and figures. Yet we need to go to our spiel and do basically the blueprinting that we feel is important and they're just want to cut to the chase. You know, how much is that car or whatever? And it can be very difficult. And it can be even more difficult when you get two high D people together in the, in the, in the office together. I mean, it's like, you know, two bulls in a china shop basically, you know? So that's something that, you know, so they, like I said, they want to hear the bottom line. They like a no-nonsense approach they're unlikely to hand over details have you ever had that before yeah, yeah absolutely you know and of course you know people like that need to be reassured that they're still in control because that's very important to them and no more importantly never challenge their beliefs as well so as i said there's people like us that there there are a lot of our salesmen but high d as well so you know that's something that they really got to then change their style a little bit not get annoyed about this recognize themselves and others and say okay you know this person doesn't want the whole spiel you know how do i get my point across but at the same time deliver the things in the way that this person this high d person wants you know because they'll just find it very very trivial you know as you go through trying to make conversation they're going this is disingenuous if you know what i mean trying to make you know the the, the basic conversation you know and then we take selling to the high eye basically person which is the high influencers you know and you think this would be an easy job because guess what high eye people are really friendly and easy going right so you would think that that's this is probably have this down pat because that's a lot of us have this inside them but as it says here you know these these customers are, are with the influence styles are fast paced they're outspoken uh, as well as accepting and warm you know uh, but however the customer may become distracted and have little interest in the details of your proposal because they just want to be your friend so you're trying to make your presentation and all that, and then they just want to talk about other things, where you're from and all that. Characteristics of a high eye is that they're friendly, social, and they want to be liked. Um, so that would be pretty straightforward, that would be, you know. They're great for referrals and long-lasting relationships, you know. They need to be listened to. They love recognition. Uh, they love to be given credit for their intelligence. They like to be dealt with on a personal level. Uh, however, you could see them as time-consuming. If you're a high D person, you know, and you know, you know, if you want a friend buy a dog, the ID person wants to get through it. Let's go through, let's get all the points, get everything out of the way. And then that person is coming back to talk about, you know, their vehicle or, you know, their Harley or whatever, you know, could see them as time consuming, you know. And that gets on to the next point, dangerous when disappointed. So you that a high eye person does not like to be ignored. So, you know, they've gone from being your best friend and the next thing you know, they can be dangerous when they're disappointed. To the days when I sold a lot of Harley Davidsons and I always noticed that with Harley Davidson customers. You know, they're very easy, very friendly, outgoing. You know, they love, of course, hanging out in groups. That's what hog, hog chapters are all about. And everything's going swimmingly well. And then one day you have to give them a bit of bad news that their bike is going to be late and they're going to have to wait five days for it to be prepped. And sometimes it could be the end of the world for them. And then they go from having this brilliant relationship to not a great relationship. And I'm sure everybody's had their story on there. So that's always the watch with the high person is not to disappoint them. You know, that's for sure, you know. Then we talk about the high S person, the steadiness, you know. And as I said earlier on, they enjoy independence. They're very objective. They want the detail and they fear being wrong, you know. So a high S person that comes through the door, how would you spot them, uh, you know, spot them, you know. They, customers who fall under steadiness are accepting and warm, as well as cautious and reflective, you know. Uh, this customer may need uh, time to reflect on proposals and might be uncomfortable with a quick decision. So how would you know them? Well, first of all, they're the people who basically want to know the difference between you and a stateside dealer. You know, why should I give you money as opposed to somebody else? You know, that would be one of their things, you know. They need to know about the program. So instead of just, you know, blasé and expecting that, these people want the detail. They want you to take the time out and, you know, and, and talk about the program and how the program is beneficial to them, you know. So they don't like no pressure sales. That's for sure, you know. You'd hear the term a lot just looking. Yeah, that would be a big one for them. I need to think about it. You'd hear that a lot as well, you know. 
and they want to be assured that they're leaving here today with all the right information, you know? They're most important, and this is probably their DBM, you know, like when you think about DBM on a car, but their DBM is all about not wanting to make a bad decision. Mm -hmm. So for them, that's kind of ingrained inside them, you know, so they don't want to make a bad decision. So they certainly don't want to be rushed. And it's something that's very, very important and sometimes we find it hard to understand you know, them making a right decision is more important than some impending doom savings. So, you know, when you're trying to say, well, you know, tomorrow the money match is finished and, you know, if you don't lock into it today, then you're going to lose all that savings. Well, for them, that reeks of, you know, um, you know, desperateness, you know, and that you're trying to rush them into something. So sometimes if you have a high, you know, uh, S person, you're probably just tiptoe through it. And even if there is some impending doom, you probably just need to ease off in it mm -hmm. because it's just not something that's really important for them. Making it the correct decision is more important than anything else you know so i think that's interesting because that's a little bit different than most of us you know in in our what well, we are normally if we're i over d or d over i you know and then selling to the high c person um this is also very interesting because the high c person is about compliance you know and they put an emphasis on quality accuracy expertise and competency so that's very important for them you know so, you know, so those people, for example, they prioritize, prioritize competency, quality and dependability. Yeah, they prefer to stick to the facts and are likely to engage in small talks or swayed by, you know, decision by on emotion and stuff like that, you know. So these people are well researched. So in my day before the, there was iPads, you know, people used to come into me and they'd have all their printouts already because they'd done a lot of research beforehand to come in and see me, you know. So these people would be, they're just as well researched nowadays. They're just, you know, it's probably on their phone as opposed to, you know, a piece of paper that's under their arm, you know. They're very neat, tidy and organized. So a lot of our salespeople are high D, some of them are high I, but with a lot of high D guys are, can be pretty messy. They just are. It's not important to them, you know, to have a nice work environment and certainly their desk and themselves. It's more about getting things done for them, you know. But when a high C person comes in the door and they see that the desk is messy and your desktop's just full of, you know, PDFs and folders and files and, and everything else on them, for them, that's a bit of a mad scientist. And that's kind of one of those things before you start to speak, you're already in their bad book, so to speak, you know. So for them, it's really important that you're neat and tidy and you're organized, you know. They want the detail. So again, you have the patience, you know, you've got to be able to take your time to go through the detail and make sure they have everything they need. They put a big emphasis on a professional and knowledgeable salesperson. So again, you know, slim slamming and not being able to know all the facts and figures is going to turn them off because they've put a lot of research into this, you know. They're more logical as opposed to be swayed by emotion, you know, so that's their thing. So they want to know the reasons why, you know, they want to go through, why is there a T1? Why do I have to do this? Why do I have to bring the car here? So it's very important that you have to be able to explain the reasons why, because that's just their hot button for them, you know? And they like the selling process to be well laid out. So, you know, using all the templates that we have for this is the instructions to go down to vehicle registration, these are the instructions to get customs clearance, very important for them to have that all well written out for them, you know? And again, so that's the checklist. And they unfortunately have a tendency to overthink they have, you know? So that's kind of where they are, you know? So I thought that was really interesting because what it's telling us is that, you know, it's not one, you know, price, one size fits all. You know, that's what it's telling us. So what do you think, Dave? Do you think that's um, any credence to, to um, what you've seen yourself in sales over the years? Yeah, I, I think you could end up that you could 
start to give a presentation to someone who might be high D and you're really going into the uh, the nitty gritty of our program and they you're just basically making them more and more yeah, angry because yeah, they yeah. just want a quick price or whatever yeah. you know? and vice versa you know someone turns around and they want to know the terms and conditions and they want you to take the time to go through it with them and and you're trying to be as as you know abrupt as possible to let them know look I, I know how the process works you don't need to well guess what they want to know yeah. how the process works and they want to know where the customs right. office is so so it's really important to know what kind of customer you're dealing with when they come in the door to make sure that you give them the service they want from you as opposed to you know it, it's not a one 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 size fits all as yeah. you said earlier yeah, yeah? so it's, it's really it's to see it in action on a daily basis it, you can really make someone your best friend or they'll think you're unprofessional you and as an advisor which was your natural graph on there um could you see yourself being flexible i mean i'm sure you you probably the high d one probably be the one that would probably met you you notice the most right yeah, I think there's warning signs there. You can kind of sometimes make a, a quick judgment based on how they act when they first walk in. Like you were saying earlier, high D person's not going to want to sit down. They're going to stand over yeah. the desk. They're going to ask for, you know, a quick price on that. And once you see that things early on, you can get used to, you know, adapting to that situation. So particularly with high D people, it's they're actually probably more of the easier people to deal with. Yeah. Um, high I just keep chatting and chatting and it can sometimes be... Uh, a more drawn out process yeah. than you would like. So I think if you always have yourself switched on and you're looking out for those kind of warning signs, yeah. it's a lot easier to deal with. I think it's certainly an interesting way to look at it, I think. What about yourself, Carlos? You know, there as well too. I mean, going back to with all of the training that we've taken as well, I mean, like with the improv, you yeah. know, and things of the sort, you really have to be flexible. And the most important key as well, coming into things like that, is just listening. Yeah. You know, so it's really easy for us to, you know, saying the, the jump off the deep end, you know, with really not knowing, you know, what type of customer we have in sure. front of us you know so being flexible and listening definitely helps out with the disc as well yeah absolutely showing that basically versatility you know which is difficult to do because we have a natural self and we tend to go to that what it is but being a chameleon being a true salesperson you have to start adapting yourself which i thought was very interesting <laughs> So Dave, I think we're going to start looking uh, over to yourself right now, wasn't it? Um, and I think we were going to look at motivation and getting the most out of you, I think was going to be your subject for today. Yeah, I think, you know, at the moment we're coming into, we're nearly, nearly finished the first quarter of the year. So it's important to regroup and take a look at yourself and your performance and decide right now whether you're happy with your performance thus far whether the goal that you set at the start of the year is achievable, which it should definitely still be. We're, we're only three months into the year now. And if not, how can you actually change your behavior right now? And I think one of the things that you can do is on a daily basis is, is start well, start strong. So I, I think some of the motivating factors that I find are really help are to have really positive motivational speeches in your ears first thing in the morning. And it's very easy to do. If your car has a USB plug-in, you can download some motivational speeches to listen to on the way in in the car. And you know, if you're looking at the guy in the office beside you and he's doing a better job than you, is it just down to hard work or is there, an element of you know uh, positivity that you're lacking in the morning that maybe you're a bit more lethargic and maybe you're finding it difficult because 
let's face it, if you have a deployment or you have, you know, some, you know, things that are beyond your control, it's very difficult to stay positive. So, so it's very important to have a kickstart in the morning that you can actually give yourself some energy to start the day really strong. So what I'm going to do is at the bottom of the, uh, the video here, we're going to give some links and I'm just going to supply a couple of videos, a couple of sound bites, if yeah. you like, that people can download onto a, a thumb drive. And you can stick it in your car or stick it in your iPhone and, and, you know, listen to it when you're working out or whatever. And, you know, I'd be interested in comments and shares. I'd be interested in people coming back and saying if they have some positive links and stuff that they can share with us as well, that we can constantly link in our next episodes as well. But I find they really, really help to kickstart your day. So I'm going to I'm going to link uh, five of them down below that people can actually download and use themselves. And, and hopefully that's a good foundation for many more yeah. of them as well. And you, what about yourself? Do you use anything like that at all? Any motivational stuff? Um, not so much motivational speeches, but certain uh, certain songs in particular yeah, there you go. Like that, yeah, yeah. that um, get me kind of yeah. amped up in the morning. Yeah. I definitely do that. Um, I know when I used to work with Ben and Vicenza, he's big on that as well. So I used to not really think much of it. I used to think it was kind of a bit cheesy yeah. when he first started putting it on, but it does really kind of, you can see it motivate him yeah. throughout and, the day and, and it really that, keeps you going. it's not for everybody. You know, like I said, we saw that earlier on. Not everybody's exactly the same, but there's got to be something. I, I find music, for example, definitely. You know, I find that time in my car when I'm driving along and I got that moment in time, then one of the things I like to do is imagination. I imagine what it's going to be like, you know, you know, 12 months from now. And that, that for me, you know, being able to put that in my imagination was allowed me then to, to then put the parts that was needed to get to that point then you know carlos and pretty much i mean music you know there as well and weird as it may sound i mean it's maybe a little bit out of, out of context i mean family is something that's really important to me and it motivates me you yeah. know so knowing where you know what i'm saying your goals are if you take a look back you know what I'm saying the kids are happy you know the wife is happy you know happy yeah. wife happy, happy life, life. Yeah. <laughs> you know yeah. have you and there's looking at what you've done and you know what i'm saying in, in in the past you know there as well that actually you know get you to the point of view now Carlos, um, that moves us on to your segment, and that would be NPS, which is Net Promoter Score. Can you tell us about that? NPS, you know, being that now we're in March, I think this is a very good time coming on the end of the first quarter to start taking a really good look at measuring. Yeah. You know, right? What you know, what, what work we've done so far, and the way forward to actually push us out through the end of the year. Now, the Net Promoter Score measures customer experience and predicts business growth. This proven metric trans forms of the business world and now provides the core measurement for customer experience management programs around the world. Now, this along with our CSI scores, you know, that we did, this is the NPS is a good measurement tool to where now we can gauge, okay. you know, right, to actually see what we need to change and what we can continue to do to continue to do in our you know, business successfully. Um, now, with the NPS calculation, really easy to calculate there as well. Now, there's going to be three groups of um, providers okay. in the NPS system. Them, all right, you have your promoters, yeah, and you have passives, and then you have your detractors. All right, now from a score from zero to ten, all right, 
scores from nine to 10 are your promoters. Your promoters are loyal enthusiasts who will keep buying and refer others, uh, fueling the growth of your business. Okay. All right, those are our key players. Then you have your passives. The passives are gonna score in between seven or an eight. And with your passive scores, those are satisfied but unenthusiastic customers, which basically means that, okay, yes, they bought from you, but they probably could have went somewhere else. Yeah, they could swing either the way, way, basically. They could swing yeah. either way. Yeah. All right, and then you have your detractors. Yeah. All right, your detractors are going to score you from a zero to a six. Okay. All right, those are your unhappy customers. So if you had to refer a friend which was six or below, they'd be detractors then, basically. Absolutely. Okay. There you go. All right, so your unhappy customers who can damage your brand, brand and impede growth through negative word of mouth. Okay. All right. Um, now, subtracting the percentage of the detractors from the percentage of the promoters yields your net promoter score, okay. which can range from a low of negative 100 yeah. up to 100. Gotcha. All right. Now, once you do the calculations and then going back, every business and we as you know, ISRs, what have you, we need to go back in to now measure this, to then now reincorporate this inside our business spectrum. Um, now you come into now with is the customer experience management, which the NPS system definitely helps out quite a bit. Um, your NPS is going to be a key measure of your customers' overall perceptions of your brand. NPS is the leading indicator for the growth. All right, so you want to make sure you stay along with that for your customer experience management there as well. Now, once you go in and do your calculation, a good tool to now you have a measurement. You need to go back and reevaluate. All right, most companies they ask the question. All right, you know why? All right, yeah. did you give us you know yeah. that vote? All right, there has to be a reason. As far as your promoters, all right, what did you? like all right and they're going to tell you what type of you know service they like about your business or what have you yep. so now you know to now continue to do those things and build on those and the same thing as well yeah. ask the detractors all yeah. right obviously you have the reasons for you know saying voting us you know giving us that you yeah. know you mind to explain why all right they, so they, now they we call have those areas they call that closing the loop is closing like the yeah, loop, yeah all right so as a business in what we do day in and day out to improve those csi scores because a lot of isrs you know we see maybe you know saying the 3.5s or 4.5s or even you know with the 4.8s and you know a lot yeah. of times the guys are you know saying wait a minute why did i get a five yeah. what have you so this this is going to be a very good way yeah. that you can incorporate to then better those csi scores so i think if you if you think about customer service and um you know we're used to our scoring system and the scoring system we have marks is out of five so, you know, if the average ISR in this company gets a 4.6 out of 5, which is pretty impressive. It's like 90%, you know, it's the way you look at it. But what does vary is, is that they refer a friend. So it's possible you could have a customer delivers a car, gives you a 4.6 out of 5, says, yeah, you're pretty good, but then wouldn't refer the business. Mm -hmm. So that's the key thing here, if you know what I mean, because, you know, it's if they're not going to refer people to you or their friend or family member or whatever, then that also says something about it, you know. So you might be a nice guy and all, but I don't think your service is that great, you know. So that's something that we, sh we sh should look at, you know. I think I think it's 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 probably important to tell the lads where they can find the score as well for anyone who doesn't know. Yeah, it's um, right now at the moment, and we're trying to get it available to everybody, but right now at the moment, it's available in Power BI, and all the RSMs have the login and the ability to be able to see it, and then should be able to share it with everybody out there. And that brings me on to a, a, a good point here, Dave, which I wanted to talk about, which is basically a, a, a demonstration I have here of the scores that we have here in Europe. And I have it up here in front of me, so hopefully you see it and it's working here, you know. 
but one of the things before we, we jump into that and I show the scores on it, there's really no point in having a metric unless we're going to do something about it. So I think that's one of the key things, you know, if we know why we got distractors and we know why we got promoters, let's find out from the promoters what we're doing right. Close you close that loop and then the distractors is the same thing, you know. But I've got here Europe PX and got Europe AX and I, I don't have all the other scores around the world on, but I'm just going to generalize and just give you an idea on there. And this is to be good and bad. That's all the way it is, you know. So we take Europe PX as a whole on it. There were 781 surveys last year. Okay, so it's an impressive amount of surveys. It's a nice spread. And the overall score was um, a excellent, which is pretty good. So as far as that score goes, it was an excellent. That's probably an eight or a nine out of 10 would be the average that would refer a friend, basically, you know. And then as you said, it's not just that, it's also that percentage of distractors minus promoters and then multiply by 100 that comes up with the score. So uh, altogether, there was 21 world-class people in, in for ISRs on the PX in Europe. There was three were excellent, eight were above average, so all very, very good. And there was 11 below average on there, but overall rated basically excellent over there, which I think is pretty impressive. Interestingly enough, when we look at the AX side of the house, which is, you know, a very fundamental part of our business, we didn't score so well on the AX. And there are probably many different reasons for it, but we didn't, you know, we had 286 surveys, you know, overall score was below average, you know, so that's warts and all, that's just the way it is, you know. There was four by world class, there was five by excellent, there was four above average, uh, but unfortunately there was 10 that were below average, you know. So again, it's one of those things, it's hard to put a finger on it, but what do you think, Carlos? What do you think the reasons why, from an AX perspective, uh, why maybe would, wouldn't have scored so high? I mean, you probably have to take a look at the demographics, you know, the type of customer that's purchasing from the AX program. Yeah. You're looking at high-end metal, premium automobiles. So a lot of times when those customers come in, they're looking for a particular type of service. You know, they're looking for a premium sales experience, yeah. you know, there will have you. So if they don't feel that they've been, had the red yeah. carpet, you know, rolled out to yeah. them, you know, all the little, you know, the T's crossed, the I's dotted, yeah. you know, what have you. So those customers can tend to expect more. We miss mm -hmm. a lead time, you yeah. know, mm -hmm. that, that doesn't help either. You know, and you're right. I, I think I think there's there's an element in there. I think you know there's there's a higher expectation, and we've got to raise our game. Then you know, so and again, what's interesting with those surveys is that a lot of the guys are scoring well on individuals. So they're professionals and their integrity. You know what they did. All that seems to be fine. You know, but again, it's that refer a friend just seems to be a lot lower. So it's definitely something we got to work on as an organization. And I feel you know? as well that with closing that loop, you know, with the detractors asking those questions yeah. to the detractors, yeah. why we, we need to find that uh, out. Yeah, we need we, that. We need MPS could actually help yeah. us, you know, put our finger on the pulse yeah. to find yeah. out, you know, what our customers are really expecting from us. Yeah, you know, for to sure. actually be able to refer a friend or a family member or a colleague. Yeah, we really need to dig that out, you know. What about yourself, Dave? MPS? Yeah, I think, you know, it's, it's really interesting to have someone who's the full product, the full package, and everybody loves them, but then you see a lower refer a friend. And yeah. at the end of the day, the only reason we do these analytics is because we want to grow the business, Absolutely. you know? So, I mean, it will be very, very, you know, in-depth to be able to sit down with each ISR and say, listen, everything is going fantastic. You're doing mm. a great presentation. You're cleaning cars. Your, yeah. your, your handover is fantastic. Yeah. But for some reason, this guy wouldn't refer a friend to you. Why? Yeah. Yeah. Let, let's, you know, give a call here and find out is there something that you did wrong? Could it be down to, you know, the disc? Could it yeah, be down to, yeah. you know, it, it, there's, yeah. a, there's a, a, a yeah. number of reasons that it could have been. But again, at the end of the day, we just want to put our finger exactly what's yeah. on it. So it'd be really interesting, really genuinely you, interesting. You, to find you and had a world-class score. So, uh, you know, and on a lot of surveys. So you must be doing something right on there, you know? 
So is that something you talk about with your customers? You know, refer a friend, or you know that you know that you, this is what you want to do. You want to earn their business, or how is it? Absolutely, I think. Um for apparently getting a world-class score, I actually didn't get anywhere near as much referrals as I would have liked okay. last year. Um, I think once you get established in a location, it becomes a little bit easier. Yeah. Um, you see the same people, you know, every day in the PX walking by. So you can build that relationship and then you can kind of, I feel like I'm getting a bit more back mm-hmm. from it now. Um, so many people obviously on base know me now that yeah. they know that... Um, obviously if they do come by they're going to get a great experience yeah you say you might not got a lot of referrals from it but our customers talk more about organizations and we all do you know amazon did me right or whatever we don't really get to the nitty-gritty so even though we see ourselves as individuals and your office has done very very well so you know there i think there's a lot more goodwill so you might generally see that but it's oh yeah those guys will take care of you or i had you know whatever and it's more that's the kind of stamp that you're looking for and may not be hey by the way sergeant jones is coming in five minutes later you know you should be looking at maybe the wealth that it's, that it that it's creating and we, we focus know? on that as well actually out of the office not just referral coming back to me but the overall picture of the of the organization you know is it are people thinking of the actual brand itself yeah. as like you're saying trustworthy and they want to buy from us because obviously in Vicenza you have so much competition there's used car guys everywhere there's other new car programs they can go to but I think making the overall opinion of the PX office um, a lot better has been um, has been one of the focuses that me and uh, Mark have had, and I think we've done a pretty I good think job. We should all so we should all be yeah. thinking exactly the same, you know. There's no, no doubt right. about it. You know, as well. I mean, I think you know, going back, you know, you know with a lot of ISRs and I asked myself, I raised my hand. You know, whenever we're getting ready to do a you know, presentation, we do the meet and greet. You know, one question that I failed to ask my customers is, how did you find out about us? Yeah, because a lot of times they could have been referred. Yeah. But, you know, not a direct referral Absolutely. to where they're annotating yeah. that on surveys or things yeah. of the sort. And, you know, the, and, it's, and this is like a stamp of approval of the yeah. business. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's just to tick the box. It's a bit like when we see Google Ads or on Facebook and, you know, your location page is a 4.6 out of 5. We talked about this before in previous parts. They're just stamps of approval. Okay, great. They meet the minimum I'm looking for. And then you move on to the next part. Mm-hmm. So that's why I think it's important as well. You know, there's no doubt about it, you know. Um, I wanted to do is before we close this out, I just wanted to do the final shout outs for this month, you know. So I've got a couple of them here on here. I've got uh, Niall O'Shaughnessy wants to say congrats to all his team and just say, look, we're in a great position right now and let's max out our early bird, you know. Um, from everybody here at Radio ISR we just want to shout out to all our listeners and say thanks again for listening you know and watching you know we really do appreciate it we do you know our the I said more and more people are watching all the time and and you know something is really really uh, uh, heartfelt it is you know that we enjoy that and we enjoy we appreciate your feedback as well yeah for sure you know and I'm going to put Dave on the spot now and see maybe he can say something to his good fellas out there as well good fellas Happy St. Paddy's Day. I hope we have a great Paddy's Day show and uh, I hope we smash it. And uh, um, <laughs> be gone, <laughs> be Jesus. <laughs> and happy Paddy's Day. <laughs> All right. So there you go. Anyway, there you go. We got to the end of this. It's uh, an end of another podcast for us. And again, as always, we hope you enjoyed it. And, you know, please, any feedback, send it to us. And again, a special thanks to you and being our special guest and being here today. We really do appreciate it. You know, taking your time out of the office and for Carlos as well, who's so as well, you know, so do really appreciate it. And, you know, we hope to see you on the next one. Thanks, boy. Thank you. Thank you.